0: Welcome, everyone. This is uh, Sean Eakins. I'm the general manager for the Sacramento Natural Food Co-op. Today, I'm here to talk about uh, the Co-op Scoop. It's our audio podcast, and we're going to be featuring interviews with farmers, food artisans, co-op movers and shakers, and even some bakers. Every week, we intend to bring you a large scoop of food knowledge, highlighting one of the most bountiful food regions in all the land. Hello, everybody. This is Sean Eakins, the general manager here at Sacramento Natural Food Co-op, back once again with the Co-op Scoop. And uh, we're happy today to have Linda Easton join us from Gully Rumpus Farm, a two and a half acre farm in Rio Linda. Farmer Linda has been raising chickens for more than two decades and now also raises Japanese quail. We're lucky to have her quail eggs for sale here at the Co-op. Welcome, Linda.
1: Thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for uh, dealing with our um, little technical issues and uh, spending some time with us today.
1: (laughs) No worries.
0: (laughs) Well, I think first off, I was just going to really, I'm sure everybody would be curious to know, how did you get started raising birds and um, how long did it take to add quail to your flock?
1: Ah, well, uh, when I first started my career as a teacher and uh, would take my students out to a farm, we'd pick up per- fertile eggs and hatch them in the classroom and then take the chickens back to the farm. Um, and, and that was a lot of fun. So when I had kids of my own, um, I, we had backyard chickens um, and then uh, later moved to Sacramento and started Rent-A-Chicken Sacramento. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, with um, Shane from Fiery Ginger Farm. Um, and we set people up with backyard coops um, and a couple of chickens so that they could try out having chickens in their backyard. And if they liked it, they can buy their coop. And if not, they sent it back to the farm and we'd uh, send it to another family. So, oh, wow. did that. Yeah, did that for a while. It was really fun. And then when our kids left home, my husband and I decided to do something really fun and uh we we bought a houseboat and we lived out in the delta on the river um And uh, for a couple of years out in Walnut Grove. And uh, yeah, even though we were we didn't have any land, um, our backyard was the river. Um, We uh, I had bees at a friend's house and uh, put chickens behind the community church uh, and traded some work for them and uh, worked in a community garden. So I still had my hands in in farming and my husband bless his soul he decided that he would give up living on a houseboat where we had um you know geese and sea lions in the backyard uh we bought a farm in Rio Linda and as you said and uh now we have uh goats and chickens and quail in the backyard and uh he really wasn't the farming type but uh he he did that for me and I really really appreciated it
0: oh very cool I, uh, I, I still to this day have memories, uh, child that, uh, go from New Jersey. We'd fly to Florida to visit my grandparents and they lived in a tiny little town in central Florida. And, um, first thing my grandfather would do is take us over and get chickens, uh, little chicks. And then mm-hmm. I'd get to play with them for a few weeks while we visited. And then the uh, farmer across the street would take them and uh, raise them from there. So, um. Uh, I don't know what happened to him from that point, but I'd like to think good things because he had a large property. So, <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's a it's a wonderful experience uh, hatching, uh, watching the ha- hatch and also um, just ex- it, seeing what, uh, you know, where your eggs come from, right. you know, it's, it's and um, having that connection to the animal that provides food for you is really important. So. Yeah.
0: And um, how long did it take you to really start um, building your flock with the quail?
1: um i got introduced um to the japanese quail through alchemist farm up in sebastopol and um, that was about a year and a half ago um and have and we hatched them out here and i just completely fell in love with them they're just really um beautiful birds they're very quiet and and calming um they, they have a very calming presence um and so yeah that's and um decided that, uh, we really enjoyed these birds, uh, more than the chickens and we enjoy our chickens a lot. Right. Um, and, and yeah, went from there.
0: Nice. Uh, well, I'll say, uh, for anybody that hasn't eaten a quail egg, can you describe what they're like?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, when you try a, a new meat like um, ostrich or or alligator, yes. and a lot of times people say, oh, it tastes like chicken, right? <laughs> well, the same applies to quail eggs. They do look like chicken eggs and they taste like chicken eggs. Um the primary difference though, and, and you may have, have noticed this when you when when you're eating quail eggs, is that they're they're richer. Yeah. Um, they have a much richer flavor. And that is because there's a higher yolk to white ratio in quail eggs than there is in chicken eggs
0: which is, uh, to me, my favorite part. So that's a win right there. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: There's also a little bit of difference in the, um, um, uh, in the nutritional content as well. Um, they've got, uh, by weight, quail eggs have more protein and more fat. Um, they have double the iron and the riboflavin. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Yes. And, um, a third more of the B12 vitamins. So, oh. um, they've, they've got, um, by weight, they've got a lot more, um, uh, antioxidants, um, and things like that. But, but nice thing about <clears throat> a quail egg is that it's only 14 calories right. versus a chicken egg, which is like 75 calories. So if you're looking to get some protein, um, and just a protein snack, that's you know a good way to go.
0: Yes. Oh, and talk about nutrient dense. That's uh perfect. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Um, how many birds do you currently have on the farm and, um, how much do they produce each week?
1: Uh currently we've got about 25 or 30 in the the breeding coop mm-hmm. um and <clears throat> we've got about that many layers um and um because of of um being able to sell the eggs through the Sacramento Natural Foods Co-op we're um we are scaling up and I currently have 237 eggs in the incubator. Oh wow. Yeah. Nice. And they only take ha- 18 days to hatch. Okay. Uh Yeah, and and amazingly, um, you know these birds are at the very bottom of the food chain, and so their goal is to grow quickly and reproduce quickly. Mm -hmm. So um, during the summer, um, when there's you know at least fourteen hours of light during the day, they can go from a hatched chick to laying eggs in six weeks.
0: Oh wow, that is uh, very efficient. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) You might have picked the wrong bird, huh? To to start out with. Um, You recently offered a class on raising quail, um, and I know you mentioned a little bit about the quail versus chickens, but what do you think the benefits of raising quail instead of chickens? Um, and can quail eggs pretty much be a substitute for chicken eggs? I know you mentioned the nutritional value, but uh, mm-hmm. how do you feel there?
1: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are getting into keeping, um, keeping quail in addition to chickens or instead of chickens. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, and, and it's kind of becoming the new quail are becoming the new backyard chicken. Um, and there's Facebook groups popping up, um, around Japanese quail or caturnic quail, as they're sometimes called. Um, And uh, the reason is um, they require a lot less space um, than chickens. Um, They, because as we talked about before, they're kind of at the, at the bottom of the food chain, there's a lot of things that want to eat them, you know, anywhere from rats and snakes to hawks um, to skunks to possums. And so they want to feel protected. They, 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 um, uh, uh, so they like smaller environments where they're enclosed, um, and can't see and they need a part where they can't see out where they feel completely safe. Um, and, and so for that reason, um, if, if you're living in an apartment and all you have is a patio and you do want to raise your own eggs, quail are ideal. If you only have hens, um, you, they, they're really quiet. Your neighbors will never know that you have, have them. Oh, wow. um, yeah. Yeah. So um, you can set, set a really nice um, quail habitat up on your patio and, um, and be able to raise your own eggs. It takes about, um, I've read anywhere between three and five quail eggs to equal a chicken egg. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, but, but um, they do lay prolifically. Um, they can lay up to 300 eggs a year. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, which is amazing. Um, and you know, more of course, during the summertime, but if you want to keep them laying during the winter time, you can keep a, a, a light on, um, so that they're getting 14 hours of light a day. Um, and they'll keep going for you.
0: Great. Wow. Um, so for our co-op shoppers who want to try the quail eggs, how would you recommend, uh, maybe starting out using them?
1: Uh, probably the easiest way to get started is to, to try them out as boiled eggs. So they only take about three to four minutes, um, in boiling water. Um, and then you peel them, um, and they go really well. Uh, just, you pop them in a salad. Um, you could put them in your ramen. Um, sometimes when I'm eating ramen and I've got an, an egg in there, it's a little bit too big. A chicken egg is yes. a little bit too, too big. Um, yeah. So these are really nice bite sized um, eggs that you can add to your ramen. Um, also they make great snacks for kids um or you know uh if you know work snacks um uh also, they make adorable deviled eggs. Um, oh
0: yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah,
1: they're really fun. And you know, I don't know if you've had this experience. At you're at a party and you want to eat a deviled egg, and and um, for appetizers, I like to be able to just pop it in my mouth and not have to, you know, eat it in several bites. Yes. Uh, and uh, so sometimes those l- large chicken eggs can be kind of unwieldy, but uh, the the deviled quail eggs are just perfect. Um, I
0: might have to try so. that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. Do you
0: have any uh, gateway recipes that uh, takes it maybe the next step? Uh, once uh, the adventure, you know, get a little more adventurous, I guess, with the quail egg.
1: Yeah, the perfect next step. And before you take the next next step, you need to know this. Um, so you know how you could take a, a chicken egg and just crack it on the side of your fry pan, and it it's kind of brittle breaks open yes. and and the egg comes out right the quail eggs it's a little bit different the outer shell is brittle just like a chicken egg but the inner membrane is a little bit tougher a little thicker and so um when you break open that quail egg you want to either do it with a knife and there's videos online that you can see that show you how to do that um and but my favorite way to, to open them up is uh is this somebody discovered that you can take a cigar cutter um oh, wow. you know the the cutter that you t- that you um that you cut the tip of the cigar off yes. with so that you can smoke it. They make perfect quail egg cutters. So you take the fat ends of the quail egg and you put it up on the um, the cutter, and it just slices it right off. Um, so that you can you can dump it out. And the reason why you want to do the fat end is we talked about before. The yolk is yes. really big. So you need um, to give it as much room as possible to get out. So when you're cutting it um, with a knife or the um, cigar cutters, make sure you cut it on the the fat end Um, and then you can poach it or fry it. And uh, my favorite way um, to have it is just in the morning. um, I have avocado toast and I put a couple of poached um, quail eggs on on it and then top it off with some microgreens. And it's fabulous.
0: That sounds delicious. Yeah. (laughs) Now now I want one.
1: (laughs) Right. Um, They're also um, really good. Um, Mace from your dairy department sent me a picture the other day. Um, I brought in some samples and he took them and um, put them on a pizza. Oh, wow. Um, nice. It looked incredible. He sent me the picture. Um, and what's nice about the quail eggs is like usually when you add an egg to a pizza, you put it in the center. And then when you slice it, everybody gets a little little bit of the yolk right. on the end. Um, but these are so small that you could have a, a, an egg on each piece of your pizza pizza which is really nice.
0: That is, uh, I love all these ideas.
1: (laughs) Yeah. They're also perfect size for street tacos. They can add a richness to your street tacos and they, they, um, work well on sliders. My husband and I, the other day made, um, we took a slice of tomato and then on top of that, we made these little tiny, um, beef patties, um, from, from, a um, a local, um, beef vendor. And then, um, added a poached quail egg on top of that with some microgreens and it was just it was fabulous.
0: I know what I'll have to do here on the weekend. <laughs> Got some recipes to work with. Yeah,
1: let me know. Send me pictures. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, and then the Japanese quail that you raise, what um what is the name of those?
1: Uh those are called katurnix quail. Um, um and, uh, they, they're different from the California quail. So a lot of us have seen out, um, you know, just driving around seeing California quail yes. with a little top knot. Um, the quail that we have here are new world quail and the Japanese quail are old world quail. And they're actually clo- more closely related to, um, to pheasants, um, okay. than the California quail are, um, and then to the California quail. So, um, so there's, they're a little bit different and what they have a very interesting history, um, so they were domesticated in Japan in like the 11th century as far back as the 11th century um and they used to um to use them in competitions um songbird competitions they had a really beautiful call um and and um but unfortunately in world war ii all of the japanese songbird quails were wiped out completely they went extinct oh wow but those that had been um, raised for uh, eggs, a few of them survived. And now all of the Japanese quail that we have today are um, descendants from that very small group that survived World War II.
0: That is uh, I would not have guessed that. That is pretty, pretty right? cool that uh, there were some that made it through there.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. And um yeah. You don't think about war, um, making a species extinct, but right, that's, right. that's what happened with the songbird. So we, um, don't, uh, don't have any of those anymore, but, um, if these little guys are survivors. They're really hardy. Um, they do really well in the cold and extreme cold and the extreme heat. They've handled our Sacramento summers really well. Um, they do pant like dogs because um, right. that's how they cool themselves off. But um, another fun fact about uh, Japanese quail is that they've been to space they oh, wow. um they took them the, the russians took them up to the Mir space station and hatched them out and so they're online you can see pictures of a cosmonaut um with the little uh, japanese quail um chick uh, kind of floating in space
0: oh wow <laughs> <laughs> but who knew they would get to travel all over now huh right <laughs> <laughs> um i guess another uh, tidbit is uh, you attended the california farm academy in 2020 Um, Can you talk about what the Farm Academy is and um, in case there's any listeners that might not be familiar with it um, and how you think that experience helped you grow um, your farm and your business?
1: Oh, yeah, it was essential. Um, we I signed up for it as soon as we bought the the farm um, because I knew, um, you know, there's so much to farming, so much to know about the soil, about the land, um, you know, whether you're doing livestock or plants. Um, and actually, it's ideal to do them together um, uh, and So the California Farm Academy is um, a program run by the Center for Land-Based Learning in Woodland, California. Um, And that that program has been in existence for 10 years now. And um, they've um, trained um, a a lot of the the local farmers around here. Um, And the biggest takeaway that I had from the program... Um, is that as a small farmer, we can't compete with um, the Walmarts, the Costco's, the, the the larger grocery store chains. We just right. we have to do something that's unique and different. And so um that's why when we found these um these quail eggs um oh and i'm not sure that we've talked about this but the um the kind of japanese quail eggs that we produce are blue they're a beautiful porcelain blue um they're not the speckled eggs that you traditionally think of as um, for quail eggs um and the reason for that is that there's a um they have a double recessive gene, so that both the parents have to have two sets of these genes. Um, and then um, we get the, the blue eggs. And so, because of the gorgeous color, um, this was a, a, um, an item I, it, that I don't think is available anywhere, like in grocery stores, anywhere right. in the U.S. yet. And so, we wanted to make sure that um, we were introducing something uh, unique and different. So, um, the Farm Academy helped me create a business plan um, and uh, get the skills that i needed to um be able to market and um and and um you have just everything everything it's such a comprehensive (laughs) program so highly recommended to anybody who's looking into uh the possibility of starting a firm
0: yes awesome and then uh, i have to ask uh gully rumpus great name um where did you uh, come up with that one
1: i stole it i stole it <laughs> from my husband actually he um he was he's starting a um a- an old time like folk and old time country band um, and was was brainstorming some names and as soon as he said gully rumpus I said <laughs> stop right there you can't use that name for your band it's perfect for the farm and, and our land here is full of gullies we've got a, a kind of a, a seasonal uh, pond running through it and um, because of that there's just no even surfaces throughout so we've got a lot of gullies and both of us love the um, book um, Where the Wild Things Are, Jeremy? Remember yes. that book with oh, the, yeah. um, Max and the wild things and they go in a wild rumpus. So we wanted we were planting a lot of trees and hedgerows here so that we can invite the wild things into you know our farm and have them be part of bringing the land um, and our, our livestock and our plants and, and the soil back into balance.
0: Nice. Yeah, my sister uh, recently sent me a copy of that. Uh, she read that to me when I was younger. She's 10 years older than I am. And that was my Aww. favorite book next to The Hobbit. Those are oh, like my two neat. favorite books, and uh, I've got an eleven-month-old <laughs> now, so he's, uh, you know, getting to that oh, point where he's into he's the pictures, and listening, to yep. yeah. So,
1: yes. Oh, um, so yeah, it's
0: pretty cool that because uh, it's uh, a classic. So, yeah, I love that. Uh, love that yeah. book. <laughs> um, anything else um, you could share about just any future plans or uh, anything coming up?
1: Um, sure. Yeah. The other enterprise that we have here at Gully Rumpus Farm is that we're doing a hatching program. So um because quail don't live as long as chickens, we are constantly needing to, to hatch more out. Um, and we are inviting um, families in Sacramento to be a part of that experience. And um, going back to what you said, I mean, you remembered as a child, like those interactions with the, with the chicks yes. and um, spending time with your grandparents um, um, at, with those chicks, at your grandparents in Florida. Um, so um, we have a website called hatching at And um and uh, I will set you up with an incubator with uh, twelve uh, quail eggs and um, an, an egg handler, so you can look inside and see the developing chick, um, and a, a brooder box, so you can um, you can after the chicks have hatched, you can take care of them for um, about ten days, um, and then return them to the farm. Or you can you can keep your quail if you're interested in having um, some backyard quail and having uh, raising your own um, celadon blue eggs. Um, um, you're welcome to do that. So yeah, awesome. that's, that's the other tie in. Cause we really, I, you know, I, I, I love hatching, I love education and, and, um, and sharing that just magical experience of hatching with families. So, uh, we're doing that right now. You can also, uh, if you prefer to do chickens, you can, you can have chickens as well. Um, awesome. you can hatch chickens as well. So yeah, nice. that's what we're doing.
0: Oh, that's great. Well, yes. I will, uh, just say thank you again for, uh, getting some time with us. I know you are uh, busy with many things, which is awesome. And uh, I think uh, once uh, Sullivan, my 11-month-old, gets a little older, we might have to take you up on some hatching programs. So.
1: Oh, um, I'd love that. <laughs> love that. Yes. He is
0: a voracious eater already, so I'm sure uh, he loves <laughs> eggs. So I'm sure the quail eggs are next on his list. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, Wonderful. And uh, yeah, I just uh, thank you again. I think it's great what you're doing. And uh, I love the eggs. So I've tried them uh, since you uh, brought them in. And they are. They're wonderful. So uh, I thank you very much for for what you're doing. Thanks, Sean. Take care.
1: All right. Bye-bye. Bye.